Natural Health Podcast. We bring awareness of sustainable health in a business hustle space. Natural Health Podcast is perfect for the high-performing business-minded individuals who want to work with their biochemistry to achieve success and optimal health. It's Friday, which means it's time for French strength facts about health, business, and overall success. In today's episode, we talk to Stacey Berman. Stacey created the first all-year outdoor boot camp in New York City back in 1999, and she's been named a New York fitness icon by Forbes magazine. Stacey is changing the way people think about their health and well-being. She's not only a PhD of natural medicine, but a practitioner of spiritual wellness, where she offers more holistic approaches to wellness. Today, she continues to travel and immerse herself in all manners of natural and ancient medicine techniques to better help her grow and her clients, including celebrities like Bobby Flay. Some interesting facts about Stacey is literally her whole life, but going a little deeper is that she was an apprentice for a Hopi woman, and now she conducts her own plant medicine ceremonies, which she just literally came back from one. Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, Stacey. Thank you so much, Michaela, for for be. I'm so excited to be here and talk to you. <laughs> I'm I'm absolutely excited, and I'll you know I'll, just before we jumped on, you were saying how you were going to travel to my favorite places in the world, Dubrovnik, Croatia. So that is absolutely amazing, and you like to travel. Oh my God, I love to travel. I mean. I think it was funny after, uh, I mean, not funny, but before COVID, I traveled in one year, 17 different places. And then I said to myself, you know, next year, I'm going to take it a little slower. And then COVID happened. And I was like, that's not what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) Not what I meant. But so now this year, it's like kind of coming back online. So I've traveled a little bit uh, this year and then and going forward, there's going to be a lot more travel. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> You're like, hmm, that's not actually what I meant by pausing everything. But OK, I'll right. take it as a <laughs> sign to relax. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I will use this time to recuperate. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Stacey, what have been the key turning points in your life? I mean, uh, before we jumped on, I had a look at your website and what you do and everything and you've just done so many different things in your life and what have been I want to know the key points um that just turned around and you went you know what wow this is what's going to make me be where you are today what have been those points yeah that's a really good question I feel like I feel really like my whole life has been the key point um I kind of always joke around and say, well, it started when I was in my mother's uterus. And I say that jokingly, but also quite seriously, um, that I, I think all of the things that I have done started as, you know, what I call me search. All research is really me search. So it was researching into how I can heal myself. Um, and initially that started at as physical healing. Um, really when I look back on it, it's more of physical armoring, right? I was trying to get very strong so that I would be protected. Um, so that was when I started boot camp. And then um, I noticed that no matter how I felt or, or no matter how what I did physically, meaning exercise and nutrition and sleeping, that if I had these unresolved things going on emotionally and psychologically and sometimes spiritually, that it would have an effect on my physical body. And so the next key turning point was when I met my first teacher who is a um, Siddha master of the Tamil tradition, so Southern India, and he and I studied to get, well, I studied with him for about 20 years and, 
we studied mantra and meditation and sound healing and we're able to connect with scientists to see what was going on in the brain and body with these sounds and so that was mind-blowing i traveled to india so many times and then the next key turning point was actually a personal uh experience for me where i was just looking for my own healing again me search and that led me to my second teacher who was the hopi medicine woman and i was just again looking for my own personal healing and i did a plant medicine ceremony with her and within you know a weekend i felt as if the healing that happened in that weekend i possibly could have got to but it probably would have taken years and so it was kind of condensed into that weekend and then after that she would call sarah call people to her to do ceremony and you know normally you go in with an intention which i did have a clear one the first time and then after that i was like i don't know why i'm here i'm just here and then after that you know it became much more clear why i was there which is because that's the work that i am called to do and then one of the other the next key turning points was that i have had spontaneous physical healings with both teachers um meaning there was you know something wrong with me and then through either meditation or plant med- medicine i healed instantaneously and so now while i'm 100% spiritual i'm also 100% from new york so i've had these experiences i'm like i know they're real because i had them and also my new york brain is like what the fuck is going on here um and so that's what led me to go back to school and so i wanted to understand at a neuro like a nervous system level at a biochemical level at a you know molecular level what's going on when i do plant medicine or meditate or mantra like what is happening that my body can all of a sudden switch and whatever it was that was manifesting in my body was completely healed and so that was kind of the next key turning point and you know then now this is like all this what i do you know initially it's for my own healing and now i'm like okay i not that i obviously i don't know everything i barely know anything but that i at least have an understanding of how the body works i have an understanding of how um different techniques of healing um and also i have an understanding of what these different techniques are actually doing to our physiology so this is basically what led me here <laughs> wow a lot of me search happening hey a lot of me search <laughs> i love that i love that i love that title of me search i love that and yeah it seems like you've gone through a lot um and it also seems like you've also trusted a lot from what i see where you've just kind of gone with it like you said you're like i end up i'm here but i don't know why i'm here so there was a lot of trust involved right well that's so interesting that you say that because one of my primary uh defenses if you will is to not trust people right so and it's quite interesting and i had an at like an epiphany this was many years ago but i realized that if i don't trust people then there's a part there's got to be a part that i don't trust about myself and if i don't trust myself well then that also means i don't trust the universe because we're all it basically 
So that was like a big epiphany, but there are moments where it's like, I do, you know, I had this saying a long time ago where like, I love humanity, but I don't necessarily love humans, like individual humans. But that again, goes back to my conditioning of like not trusting individuals. So I think part of my, you know, undoing in a good way was learning that in order to fully trust the universe, I also have to to start trusting the conduits of the universe in human form. <laughs> so that was a part of my undoing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, that's amazing. And you said it right. If you don't trust something outside of you, it's kind of like, well, I may not trust some parts inside of myself because you are me. I am you. We are all connected. So exactly. it's, it's crazy. And a lot of people listening might reflect and go, what is it that I might be going through that I you know, express onto others, but actually maybe inside. Um, so that do some research on what it is. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah, it's funny because I think that's it. When I, when I'm working with people, right. I think one of the primary things we start looking at is reframing it, reframing everything when we're exploring where all the emotions and, and patterns come from reframing it into always I, so he did this and he made me angry. No, he didn't make me you angry. The anger was there. Now let's explore that anger. And so it, it really, just what you said, it's the like, it's not out there. It's the in here that we can work on always, always. I mean, yes, there are circumstances where things are, you know, not great on the outside, but it's always in here that we can work on. Yeah, that, that's yeah. so true on point. And I mean, we haven't even started the conversation and we've got some golden jams right there already, which is amazing. <laughs> but Stacey, I guess my understanding would be that success and optimal health looked very different from you in 1999 when you did your first outdoor, you know, camp um, in New yeah. York City and things like that. Yeah. So what, what does success look like now for you and what does optimal health look like for you now? Right. So that's also a really good question. And that was also a big, you know, breaking point for me um, personally growing up because, and this is all related also to the not trusting people, I was conditioned to believe that I had to do it all on my own, that I had to take care of myself, that it's okay, like I can do this. Um, which in a lot of ways is, is, a, is a positive quality to have, but when it keeps you disconnected, um, it's not really that positive. At that time, my definition of success was monetary gain. And that also fed into the conditioning because if I can take care of myself financially and in all ways, I never had to let anyone get close enough to me to be vulnerable or open to be heard and all that stuff. So while, you know, having money is a great thing, it gives you freedom. Um, it's also, you know, it could be a double-edged sword, right? Um, so PS, at a certain point in my life, that was success. Having a certain amount of classes, having a certain amount of people in classes, having a certain amount of money that I was making. And then I went through a shattering, <laughs> if you will, uh, which is all where the magic always happens, even though it's really <laughs> uncomfortable to go through, but it's the magic. And I realized, you're going to laugh at this, that what success really means for me now anyway, is connection, is 
having people close to me and being vulnerable to them and having them be vulnerable to me. And that connection actually is what is, it's what's success. It what it's what, it's what allows me to feel alive. And I believe that that is optimal health. The feeling of aliveness in everything we do. Now that's not to say we don't get tired and all that stuff, but I think most people today, they look at optimal health as like not disease, right? But that's like neutral. It's like you're diseased or in chronic pain and then you get to neutral. And I think there's so much lacking in like the feeling alive, you know? So to me, feeling alive is optimal health. And that could be experienced differently for each person. But I mean, I probably could go out on the street and ask a hundred different people and probably 90% of them would not say they feel alive, would say they're just kind of like robots going through the day, going to work, maybe going to the gym, maybe not coming home, eating, going to sleep, starting over, waiting for the weekend. And then they're so tired on the weekend. They just like drink, hang out and then start over again. And so that's not really alive. That's just kind of going through the motions. So for me today, yeah, for me today, connection is success and feeling alive is optimal health. Yeah. Wow. You just put that straight Um, I could feel it in your voice when you were saying the connection part. It really is deeply rooted in what you do. I can sense it and I could feel that. Um, Because it's even, you said, even if you ask people on the streets, like, do they feel alive? You can even turn around if you ask a lot of people um, how how connected they feel, um, even to themselves. Like most people, 90% of people say probably not because they're in such default mode, like you said, go to work, do, not that work is a bad thing or not that, you know, um, uh, doing this eating is a bad thing. It's just that they've put it in such a default mode that it just happens, just happens to them. Life just happens to people. They don't take charge of life. They don't feel alive and go, I am making the decisions where I'm going to do this for my optimal health. Um, and, and they can, they can, people can. You've seen, you've seen right. people um, turn around, haven't you? Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think the point that you just made is so important to the connection. It's so when I when I speak of connection, it's it is I am talking about other people, but I'm all I am primarily talking about the self. If you don't have a connection to yourself, the connection with other people is not going to be what it can be. Then connection with, you know, earth connection with a sense of purpose connection with you know a feeling of of being of value in some way and all of these things are start with being connected to the self if you're Mm -hmm. not connected to yourself then all of that stuff is is almost impossible in an authentic way yeah i love that and how many people have actually asked themselves like do i love myself like do i love myself am i connected to myself my gosh like even thinking about it's getting me teary like um like you know like do you love yourself like how much do you love yourself like 
Um, and how connected are you to yourself? Like just these questions can be breakthroughs, right? It can break through so many things. You can be vulnerable. You could have those experiences um, like you had on that weekend that you said that, you yeah. know, broke, did so much healing. Um, but right. a lot of us are like, oh, I'm not going to ask myself that question. I don't have time for that. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, right. And that's, and that's actually another thing. It's like, you know, I don't have time for that. But that's where the connection is. Like, if you don't have time to sit with yourself for five minutes a day, like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and when you, and, and it's really surprising when you do just sit with yourself and just check in and like, see what's going on in your body. Like what's, what are the senses that are happening? What are the sensations that are happening? What are the feelings that are happening? Are there any memories that are coming up? Like this gives the body the message that you're here right now, that you're paying attention. What that means is you're creating connection with yourself and it's a simple thing. It's mm. not, you know, when I say like, create like connecting with yourself i'm not talking about this like spiritual thing which i mean we can kind of go off into that realm but i'm actually saying no like be here now what is happening in your body and when you do that your nervous system acknowledges oh you're here connecting with me right now so yeah. that's a simple exercise that anyone can do and if you don't have five minutes to do it i will choke you out because yeah. you do <laughs> Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you need you you need to have minimum, not even that's a joke, five minutes. But we need to right. have that time for ourselves because um, gone are the days where we need to put our time into everyone else because it's 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 not fulfilling. It's not connection. It's you need to fill yourself up first. But Stacey, tell us a little bit about how ancient medicine techniques are used for peak performance um and peak health so what yeah. are the key ancient medicine techniques which are key that you've got experience with and that you want to share with the audience yeah so well we talked a little bit about it um before we started so plant medicine is one of them and i think this one is not everyone is called to do this and i would never recommend it to someone who is not called to do it but i do believe it has um become more I don't know if it's mainstream, but more popular, let's say. What do you mean by and being I, called? The audience listening might be like, what does this mean? Am I being called to do it? Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> so it's like, let's say, um, yeah, how, that's a good question also. Because <laughs> being called to do it, it's like there's something in you that has an interest in it that feels as if it might be the right thing for you. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say it's kind of like if you have, you know, if you're craving pizza and like, but it's not like that. <laughs> not like craving pizza, but there is some sort of inner, there is some sort of inner like feeling of wanting to do it. Does that yeah. make more sense? Yes, yeah, 100%. Okay. 100%. Now, this particular, so this particular technique, I think, is really amazing for people who are called to do it because what it does is it allows, so it allows, it allows us to get around our ego, get around our conditioning or defenses and get to the root of the thing that needs to be worked on in the present moment. I always relate psychedelics and plant medicine to therapy on steroids. So like I said, in that weekend, I had tremendous healing that maybe I could have gotten to had I done, you know, different types of therapy, 
But um, I mean, that's a big maybe, but it happened very quickly, very intensely in a weekend. So plant medicine does that. And why that's important is because our defenses are there to protect us. So our mind is always going to be tr be trying to protect us. That's its that's its goal. It wants us to survive. So we it's really hard to get around those in with our conscious mind, right? So if we're defended against connecting with people, let's say, because there's a belief in us that people will hurt us. Well, our mind is going to design everything to keep people at arm's length so that we don't have to get into that scenario. Now with plant medicine, you might be shown whatever it is that you're shown that allows you to understand the importance of connection. And then of course there's work that has to be done after to get to a place where the mind and body understand that connection is important and that's the integration work after. So plant medicine is a big one, I think, because it, it really it really gets you to the root of of issues pretty mm. quickly and pretty intensely. And how important yeah. is that integration after it? Uh, that's I mean, it is if the plant medicine is, let's say, I would say plant medicine probably is about this is a, I'm trying to put it in, per, in into percentages. Integration after is about 95% of the work um, because you could have these amazing epiphanies and understandings and healings and all of that stuff. But then the point of integration is to make manifest those messages that you got in ceremony because your life before ceremony got you to the problems, right? So if you don't change something about your life after, guess what? Those same problems are going to show up. So the integration work is like, is the work, right? Yeah. And also, if we think about it, you know, in ceremony, not always, but in, in mostly in ceremony, you're in this safe container, either one-on-one -on -one or with a group of people, and it feels so great, and everybody loves each other, and you're hugging, <laughs> and like, oh my God, I had this profound experience. And then you go back to your day-to-day -day life. And so outside of that container of ceremony, that's where all the trouble began in the first place. Mm. So now we have to figure out how to get those lessons from that safe container, from ceremony to live in the outside world. Unless you're gonna, you know, apprentice to <laughs> apprentice to some tribe that is, you know, and live there for years and years. And then that's another story, but most of us are not gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So that's <laughs> definitely one ancient technique that can be used yeah. to optimize your health is plant medicine. Yeah. And yeah. um it's 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 so interesting because uh I love that you mentioned the after effect, how important it is 90-95% of all the work that you gotta put in because you gotta translate it all and then put it all exactly. into action. Um so yeah. it is it's not just you go and all of a sudden you're healed, it's like you gotta do work on it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can have, like I said, I've had two spontaneous healings yeah. and I didn't have to, there was integration to do after in regards to the entire ceremony, but that pain never came back. Wow. So there are possibilities that that happens, but those are, I wouldn't, I would not base a ceremony off of that. If it happens right on cool, yeah. <laughs> but mostly you're going to have to do work after. 
Yeah. So what, what happens in a ceremony? If you can just run us briefly through, like, what, what, what is a ceremony? Like, if no one's ever heard yeah. about plant medicine ceremonies, they're like, what's a yeah. ceremony? Is that like a wedding? Is it like, what type of ceremony? Is it like, what do you do? <laughs> what happens? <laughs> We're pledging our love to each other. <laughs> so, well, when I, I mean, when I do it, it's usually a few days long. We will come in. Um, there'll be time of sharing our intentions being really clear with our intentions, right? I mean, any, 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 let's say, uh, performance coach is going to say, is going to tell you like, what do you want? And oh, I want a better job. Okay. Well, that's not a clear intention. What is a better job to you? Is it more money? Is it more time? Is it like more cooperative or collaborative? Like, what does that mean to you? And what is that? Like wh in what field and how much money and how much time do you want it? And so you have to be quite specific. So part of it initially is coming together and sharing our intentions. And within that you start, because a lot of times, sometimes the people in ceremony have done it before or may know each other, but a lot of times there are new people as well. So part of that is saying the intention, getting it very clear, but then also creating that safe container of trust within the people that are there. Mm. then for me what I do is I do a lot of somatic work so work with the body to um, basically working with the body to help release and or understand what the uh, what the language of the body is showing so let's say if you have a chronic pain in a certain part of your body that's going to mean something versus if you have pain in another part of your body so deciphering what those messages are, and then also doing some movements and some healing practices that help release whatever that is. Um, we also, I, also, I do pipe ceremony as well. So we, we uh, ask for blessings and we make offerings. And what that is, is, is just, you know, you have the tobacco and you make a prayer and you, you know, you say, and again, I get very specific. I will say like, what is it that you want for yourself and what is it that you're offering back to someone else or the universe or the earth or whatever so it's a reciprocal relationship right because mm. again it goes back to this connection you're not an individual whatever blessings you ask for yourself is going to in some way affect the, the people places around you so how, what is that and then we smoke a pipe tobacco um, and then, um, from there, we also, I also do sometimes depending on where the person at, uh, is at, we do a, an exploration of where these emotions or psychological patterns come from. So as an example, if someone comes in and they feel lots of fear, as an example, we might go into an exploration of. Well, where in your body do you feel that fear? And then I might ask, well, how old is that fear? And inevitably, whatever that emotion is, has come from childhood. And then we can kind of trace back where that fear came from. And then we, then we also have information on how to go forward with healing that, it's called inner child work, healing that inner child inside of you. And then, so that's like kind of the pre-work. And then the next day we wake up and we take plant medicine, we, re we revisit our intentions, we take the plant medicine. And that is, I mean, I laugh because if anybody looked in from the outside who is not on plant medicine, it would be a lot of adults sitting around 
crying, laughing, <laughs> flopping on the floor. <laughs> but it's like the process of whatever needs to be released. So I had a group of five people. One of the women released a lot of pain. So there was a lot of guttural, physical crying. Another one was just in a state of bliss. So there was, you know, smiling and joy, tears of joy. And so it depends on, you know, the intention of the person and what what you need in that moment is basically what the medicine gives you. Then after that, we do integration again. So we share um, what happened. Um, and then I have my people do uh, an exercise called pole bridging. Now pole bridging is, the technique of it is you say in present tense um, from the first person exactly what happened in ceremony. So as an example, I sat, I'm sitting in the circle, Stacy is giving me mushrooms. I take the mushrooms. I don't like the taste. I'm listening to the music, so on and so forth, right? So wow. you're literally detailing as with as much detail as you can recall what happened. And also you're trying to recall the emotions of it as well. Now, what that's doing is, and this actually, this technique can be done with any experience that you want to do. It doesn't have to just be plant medicine. But the, the benefit of that is that it's taking it from, it's integrating both right and left sides of the brain, and it's integrating the brain and the body because you're recalling it, you're saying it, you're writing it, and you're feeling it. So you're integrating multiple senses, you're integrating the, all parts of your nervous system, and you're integrating your body. And when we create and strengthen those neural pathways, then you're more likely to, you know, continue whatever those lessons are going forward. Does that yeah, all make wow. sense? Wow. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> that's absolutely amazing. You going through it all um, put definitely a bit of a light on what a ceremony is and what to expect right. if you go through it. And um, right. yeah, it, it seems absolutely amazing. It seems like you're able to connect to the community. You're able to share be vulnerable and just let things be in a way because a lot of people wouldn't feel comfortable sharing what's happening in their life to a bunch of strangers um, right. and yet alone taking something where they may lose control and, and, and they don't know what's happening. So I think it's an amazing experience that, like you said, if people are called to do that, they can go through it and hopefully heal and, and integrate back an action from what, what has happened throughout the ceremony. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And it, and it's a beautiful, it's such a beautiful experience to be part of. But then, you know, I feel kind of like a mama bear. So I'm just like, look at my little cubs. They're doing it. <laughs> They're doing it. <laughs> I love that. I love experience. that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about like when people go in, do you kind of get the same type of themes like a lot of people come in for healing for their job or healing for their mother or father or partnership like does do you get kind of like the same bunch of people coming to one ceremony so interesting i think you know no matter what people look like on the outside where they're from you know rich or poor whatever it is fundamentally what they're really looking for is how do i give and receive more love. I mean, that's fundamental. Like that love, 
is, and I think, you know, that kind of connects to what we were talking about before with the feeling alive, you know, when we're, when we're protected, when we're conditioned, when we're defended against feeling whatever pain it was that initially created that defense, we're also armored up against feeling the full range of love. So <clears throat> ultimately, even though people will come for, you know, relationship or money or how do I be more present for my family or whatever it is, ultimately the like root of it is how do I feel more love in my life? And um, it was funny this last weekend, I had someone who's a uh, single mom, you know, hard time finding a partner. And so has during COVID has kind of made up her mind, like, that's it. Romantic love is not for me. And the whole ceremony was about her needing to be loved and nurtured and taken care of and held. And it's just so funny to watch her struggle with, I don't want that. <laughs> and then in ceremony, she's like, you do want that. <laughs> you do want that. So fundamentally, I think that's it. Now, mm. the flavor that it comes out, it could be different. Um, so the flavor, you know, is really that exploration of, well, what created the defenses in the first place? Why are you defended against whatever, again, fundamentally love? Why are you defended against that? And so um, sometimes some of the questions that I might ask is if, For example, someone is holding on to a lot of pain or grief. Teach me about my grief. Teach me about my pain. What are the lessons here? And so while the process might take you deep into that pain, it will also show you what, I mean, it will help you release some of that pain, but it will also show you what it's what the lessons are. What are the lessons that you need to learn from this pain that will help you get to love? So, that is some deep, yeah. deep, deep stuff. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like just thinking about it, like some type of emotion, let's say, and then being like, where, why is this emotion? Like, where did it come from? You know, like um, even thinking about myself, like being a bit raw and vulnerable here, like you talk about like guilt for me has been a huge thing. And it's like, where did this guilt come from? And uh, where, you know, like what was the initiation of it? Why was it there? Like, I can just imagine the audience thinking themselves and being like, well, what's an emotion that I always feel like, you know, like anger, right. upset, not feeling, not feeling right. enough, not feeling right. um, uh, appreciated. Um, right. Yeah. So many emotions. Yeah. It's like, the question is, is like, where did this come from? And kind of like, why is this not allowing you to be closer to love? Like what, what's the blockage? Exactly. Exactly. And guilt also is related to, uh, so th another thing that I do, which is, uh, it's an ancient technique. Um, it's just uh, probably a new languaging of it, which is called um, character structure or character armor. And this is learning, basically it's the language of the body. And so I'll, I'll kind of give you a, a, an idea of it. So character armor or character structure, basically the idea is that when we have chronic and or intense enough experiences during developmental times in our lives, specifically in utero to about seven or eight years old. When these experiences go unresolved, they lock into the tissue of the body, 
the musculature, the posture of the body. And so by looking at a person's posture and looking at how a person moves, you could understand what their primary psychological and emotional issues are. So you said guilt. So guilt is specifically related to the need structure. So this structure is around the, the developmental age is around like three months to about 18 months. Wow. And it has to do with, for some reason, your needs and your emotions, not needs and or emotions, it depends, it comes out in a little bit different flavors, um, not being validated. And so then for whatever reason, it might be that, you know, mom was busy or she was stressed or maybe she had lots of, you know, kids. And so she couldn't give you that attunement. So you got the message somehow that your emotions and or needs weren't validated. And so then guilt comes in because you feel guilty when you need or, or need something or want to express emotions in some way. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because um, I was born <laughs> through the war. So, um, so there yeah, you the go. Yugoslavian war that was happening. So yeah. stress, 100%, just survival, 100%, you know, just exactly. just being able to put food on the table and survive was a big thing. So, um, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? That's, that's, so that's that, amazing. Yeah. So that's exactly right. Right. So that makes sense. Mom was so stressed. She didn't know. And that's a, and food also is a primary need. Right. So mm. not not being able to get the needs met also because mom was so stressed, not being able to get the emotional needs met. You know, so, so this is exactly that need structure. And that's exactly where the um, guilt comes from. Yeah, that, that's crazy. <laughs> that's amazing. I need to do some plant medicine right now. <laughs> <laughs> That is character. That is character armor stuff, which you don't need plant medicine for. But I usually combine it both, and then it's like, oh shit. That's you just need a whacking and tell you to get over there, right? No. Well, I mean, I wish it was that simple, but it's not. You have to, yeah, yeah, you have to like nurture that part. Yeah, a hundred percent. No, I love that. I love how I love how deep you can go and you even mentioned like someone walking and you've been like wow maybe this is something that they may be lacking or this is their weak point or this is their characteristic it's just crazy yeah. um and it comes from I guess your love of movement and the body that you've just exactly. spent so many years investigating researching me searching about it all so I love that so you also mentioned through um that you do some somatic work and and emotion. So my question is, is emotion. So like, for example, guilt or like, um, you know, uh, whatever unworthiness, whatever emotions I might be feeling, can that cause physical pain in someone? Oh, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I would say that I would say again, high, more than half, I would be closer to like 75 to, to 90% of physical chronic pain is related to emotional repression. And so by doing the somatic work and exploring the root of your primary emotional states, there's always going to be a connection to where it's wired into the body and where it creates chronic tension. So as an example, my chronic, so my character armor, although I've done a lot of work on it, so I'm not exactly that anymore. Um, but one of the, my primary one when I was younger is what's called the rigid achiever. 
so rigid achievers, very upright. Like the, the back, <laughs> like most people would be like, oh, that person has great posture. And I'm like, no, this is not good posture. This is because I'm very rigid. <laughs> now, this type of character armor is wounded at the heart by lack of approval. And in order to get the approval or get the love, really, this person will seek it through achievement. So if I'm achieving something or I'm doing something, then I'm worthy of love and connection. Now, the message that my body got as a kid, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, was I have to do it all alone. And so what am I, the muscles in my back get the message, you have to hold yourself up. So all the muscles in my back are very rigid and they're doing all the holding up. So it doesn't matter how much acupuncture I did, how much massage I did, as long as I still had that deeply held belief that I have to do it all myself and that I have to hold myself up, that pain never went away. And as soon I start, as soon as I started dealing with that part, that little girl who got the message when she was a kid, I have to do this all myself, don't rely on anyone else. As soon as I started working with that part, then my upper back started releasing its tension and even the rigidity in my upper back changed. So now it's a bit more fluid. Um, so yes, wow. to answer your question, I would say most of the chronic physical pains that we experience are related to uh, some sort of repressed emotion. And I would even go so far as saying that even when the pain is because of an acute injury, that there's probably still some sort of an emotional component. And I say that because we get injured in places that already have imbalances. So it leaves you predisposed to be injured in that area. Yes, I always say that. Yeah. It's so interesting. People go, well, um, I play footy, so of course I'm going to hurt myself. I'm like, no, 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 but you had a weakness there. And they're like, what are you talking about? And then I'll talk to them about emotional and somatic stuff. And they're like, well, how did right. you know that? How does me hurting myself at footy go to my father healing or something like that? It's crazy, exactly. isn't it? Like, it's just <laughs> right. it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> um, it's so, yeah, it's so much fun. People are like, whenever I do readings on them, they're like, what is this magic you're doing? I'm, like, so I'm just re I'm just reading your body. <laughs> yeah, that you should know yourself anyway. Like all of us should um, know how to listen to our body and understand our body, know our weak points. I mean, if, if you don't know, like the audience listening, if you don't know your weak points, get to know your weak points. Like when you get sick or when you get down, what hurts the most? Uh, do, do, does, your does your throat get infected first? Is it your ears? Is it a cough? Um, is it cold hands? Like what is it that gets affected first? And every person is different. You might have the same flu, same virus. People are going to have different effects. Exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. Exactly. One yeah. other question I want to ask you is, is the role of believing to heal? Because um, a lot of individuals may come to you and, you know, there, there might be some issues happening, some pains, some chronic um, illnesses. But what is the role of actually believing that they can heal? Yeah, I mean, that, that plays a big role in all healing. Even when you go to allopathic, uh, medicine doctors, if you believe it to be true, it's most likely going to have a positive effect on you. As an example, there was a, there was a study done 
this is many years ago that I read it, but this study was people who had some sort of injury on their knee and they went to the doctor and they were going to do knee surgery. And they had some people who um, they were just put under anesthesia, no, no surgery to see how their knee you know, healed. Then some people, they had the surgery and then sewn up to see how they healed. And then some people, the doctor just cut the knee open and then sewed it back up without doing any surgery. So they believed that they had the surgery and they improved just as much, if not more, than the people who actually had the surgery on their knee. So this is what we call the placebo effect. And so the belief that you will heal has such a tremendous uh, impact on your ability to heal. Yeah. And even a step farther, I think the belief, but also the, and I guess it's a belief and a knowing, I would call it more of a knowing that when you do the right things for your body, meaning when you're sleeping, when you're eating, when you're moving, but also when you're dealing with your shit, you know, psychologically and emotionally, your body knows what to do. You don't have to do that much if you're doing the things to take care of your body. Mm. Your body has an innate ability to heal itself. And so it does the thing. Like the whole body is built to detox, regenerate. Like it does this. This is what the body does. We just have to be the custodians of that body and allow it the space to do that. Um, and so it's not exactly... I mean, it, it is a belief in the body's ability to heal itself if it's given the right conditions. Yeah, it's exactly the same words that always come out of my mouth. Um, it's yeah. interesting that when people come to me, I always say, do you believe you can overcome this? Um, right. Or how invested are you in this? And if they're not a hundred percent, I say, well, it's, it's, it's not going to work. <laughs> right, <laughs> You're just going right. to waste your money on, on, on seeing me or seeing anyone right. else. Cause it's not going right. to work. You need to be right. invested a hundred percent in it and want to heal. Um, right. So it's, it's so interesting, yeah. but to wrap it up, Stacey, you've shared some yeah. absolutely amazing information. I want to know some practical tips that you can throw out at the audience um, to wrap it up for them to be able to reach peak health. Um, if it is ancient medicine techniques, or if it's something that else that you can say to them, or be like maybe three or two or whatever you believe practical tips for them to um, reach that optimal health. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Okay. So three tips. I mean, the first one is something that we hit on uh, earlier is just take some time to be present with yourself. When you're present with yourself, you're going to, it's going to become pretty obvious what you need to work on. So if you're, an, for example, if you overwork all the time and you're not leaving any space for being present, well, that's going to say something about you're avoiding being with yourself. So leave some time to be with yourself um, and see what comes up. You might be really uncomfortable. You might get tired. You might start noticing that like, oh my God, I'm not like eating regularly or I'm like holding, I'm holding urine for hours or whatever it is, but you're, you're giving your body the opportunity to say, okay, you're, you're pausing and connecting with me and listening to me. And that is healing in itself. So being with yourself, even if it's just for a few minutes every day. Another thing is understanding the root, trying to understand the root of your emotional states. 
And what I mean by that, if you have an intense emotional reaction to anything, I could say probably with 100% certainty that that has emotional baggage, that it's not just this specific instance that caused that intense emotional reaction, but that it, it stems from a lifetime of that repeated emotional reaction. So when you start understanding what the, um, what the root of it is, then you can deal with the root instead of how it's presenting itself in your adult life. Does that make sense? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then I think the last thing, which is a, not, um, I guess uh, uh, it's not exactly a like hands-on, like go for a jog kind of thing, <laughs> but it's be curious, right? If you always be curious about yourself and about your emotional reactions, instead of like, if I get, if I'm sad, there is a benefit to maybe understanding why I'm sad, but there's also a benefit of just being with the sadness and not have to, not having to, you know, create a narrative about I'm sad because blah, blah, blah. The sadness is valid. We can always examine the narrative of it, but the sadness itself is present. So just be with it. And most likely when you are with it and allowing it to express itself, it's going to pass through a lot quicker than if you avoid it or soothe it or, you know, whatever, whatever your technique of not dealing with it is. Mm, I love them. They're they're absolutely amazing um, tips to do. And they all do take time um, and takes a lot of self-reflection and me search (laughs) to do all those. Um, But I guess if you want the best version of yourself and you want to be alive and you want to be connected, it takes work um, to on yeah. yourself to make it happen, uh, which is yeah. what you went through the whole podcast talking about that you need to actually connect to yourself, love yourself and find what it is that makes you happy and feel alive. And therefore, then you're able to assist others through the journey uh, with love um, and understanding. Yeah. But also what you've mentioned, key thing is there is also allowing yourself to be in these emotions that you may be if it is happiness or if it is sadness either either extreme they're both exactly the same they're both emotions neither is good or bad they just are and we should just all just be in it and then if you want look at it deeper in as to why that may have happened and work on that root root um research of what's happening um so i love 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 that um stacy you've been an absolutely amazing guest thank you so much for joining us on the natural health podcast I'm going to put in the show notes where people are able to reach you. Um, is, is One other thing is, is, is there anything like a natural health hack that you do every day um, once a week? Because people are like, oh my gosh, I want to be like Stacey. What can I do? <laughs> is there one yeah. thing that you do every day <laughs> that keeps you on top um, of to feel alive? Like, what do you do? Yeah. For me, mine is movement. So, I mean, not every single day, but probably four to five times a week, I do a movement practice and Sometimes it's just stretching. Sometimes it's going for a walk. Sometimes it's a bit more intense. But for me, again, it connects the mind and body. It allows me to release whatever tension I'm holding. And that, again, has not just an effect on my physical body, but my emotional state and mental state. So for me, that is really important. And then I would say, you know, reaching out to friends reaching out to friends, family, connecting with people, connecting with the earth. I mean, it's super, super simple things. I love that. But they have such a tremendous impact on our overall state of feeling alive. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And and like you said, uh, we, even the stuff that we spoke about through the podcast, movement is key to move those emotions, to move those feelings. So it's interesting yeah. that um, you know once you do feel those emotions, it's like okay, cool, let's move them out. Like even animals, you see yeah. them, they shake it off, they move yeah. about. Um, exactly. Like what exactly. dance does, what movement, what crying does. Um, yeah, right. moving all those emotions. I mean, that could be a whole another podcast, but <laughs> um, I, I appreciate you taking yeah. the time out, Stacey. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us on a natural podcast. Um, and I'll put the show notes where people are able to reach you and connect with you Perfect. and hopefully work Perfect. with you. Perfect. Thank you so much. This has been so lovely. Thank you so much for joining us on Natural Podcast. And remember, the missing link between failure and success is your health. Content and information provided here is opinion of Mahela Raguse and it's for information purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to provide medical advice or take the place of medical advice or any current treatment you're undertaking. Consult your own medical professionals for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the Natural Health Podcast. It is advised that you consult your doctor or healthcare professional in relation to any health concerns you may be having. Mahela Raguse does not take responsibility for any health consequences which occur from a person listening, viewing, or reading this content. And in a Circumstances shall the natural podcast, Mahela Raguse, any guests or contributors to the natural podcast, or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Mahela Raguse be responsible for damages arising from the information provided on the natural podcast. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical conditions in either yourself or others. Please note if you're taking prescription, do not stop your medication or start a new protocol, including but not limited to supplements diet, lifestyle changes without consulting a doctor or healthcare professional. If you or any person has a medical concern, you should consult with your healthcare provider or seek other professional medical advice. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something that you have read or heard on the natural podcast or in any linked materials. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or emergency services immediately. Neither Mahela Raguz nor the publisher of this contact takes responsibility for the possible health consequences of any person or persons reading or listening or following the information in educational content.